Welcome to Mission Control, Product Design's podcast on everything business, tech, and marketing. Since 2008, Peralta Design has launched hundreds of successful brands. Join Ramon and the PD Flight crew as they use decades of combined experience to tackle current events and interview guests while dropping valuable industry knowledge. At Peralta Design, we launch brands. But for now, let's launch right into this episode. Three, two, one, zero, zero, and lift off. I feel good. Welcome to Mission Control. This is Ramon Peralta with Peralta Design, and we launch brands. That was a little bit of James Brown. I feel good. And that was at a special request by our our special guests. We got the dynamic duo, the Moran brothers, Marlon and Nate. Welcome to the show. Thank you. All (laughs) right. There we go. We should have just did a live version of that. I yeah. mean, why? Yeah. Live performance. Why? Right. Exactly. So we're excited to to hear all about how you guys started this amazing company. I've been watching you guys uh, doing your thing. You know, you recently got an award, right, with the right. New Haven Chamber. Right. That was amazing. Yeah. I mean, you guys are just expanding. How many? How many locations now? You have? You have? Total six right now. Wow. Uh, yeah, we are um, Stanford, uh, obviously Bridgeport. We love Bridgeport. That's, you know, hometown. Um, and uh, New Haven, Waterbury as well. Awesome. Um, yes. Awesome. I can't wait to, to dive in, man. But we got to do our normal, uh, first of all, Kev on the soundboard. Hello. Yes. Yeah, so. No Jorge today. No Jorge. Jorge. Yeah, we the day off. Every, even God rested on the seventh day. So, <laughs> so, so we gave Jorge. Uh, a reprieve today uh, although he, he he's a fellow Knicks fan he would have been very excited as I am today to be celebrating you know our win and how finally after many many years I think it was like 1994 the last time the Knicks have made it past the second round so or into a, the second round I was a little kid it'd be nice to see them win <laughs> a championship I was three years my old lifetime. when they won a championship so I can't say I, I've ever seen them I've ever li- you know experienced that it was being at least, world champion. Well, at least in your lifetime it was in my <laughs> lifetime <laughs> I've seen them make the playoffs yeah, yeah That's about exactly it. so we're very excited got a great team and you know all the controversy aside with like you know we were supposed to get Mitchell and we got vilified because we picked up Brunson but Brunson actually you know helped us win and Mitchell's on the Cavs, and it's this whole, there's all this backstory going on. I'm just happy to be a Knicks fan, to proudly wear my gear, because I've just been wearing it for years um, with with them losing. Um, Felt like a Mets fan for all these years. <laughs> <laughs> it's totally different when you wear your team's jacket and they win. That's true. You have like another, you have like a little the, swag in your step, you know. <laughs> the ego get better. Like, all right, I'm feeling like you're yeah. <laughs> So, but yeah, so let, we, we also want to talk a little bit about what's going on in the world of branding and um, the whole, this whole thing with Bud Light, 
you know, is just out of control. I mean, I, I'm doing a workshop on your buyer persona. Um, I think it's May 2nd. And that whole thing is interesting because um doesn't seem like Bud Light knew who their buyer persona was. <laughs> no, it was like I heard the you know, the person behind this whole campaign wanted to change yeah. the fratty culture of like are you guys more... Bud Light fans or are you more Presidente well uh, I got to be honest with you Modelo Modelo and Presidente that's, that's... <laughs> <laughs> um, you know I'm not racist with beer uh, I love beer so <laughs> I don't mind Bud Light Coast Light Corona you don't so discriminate are you, you're, not, you're not a you're not an IPA or a, a lager or... I, I tried those you'll, before you'll take them all you'll yeah. take them all yeah. <laughs> you put it in front of you and you drink it yeah, because in life we, we want to know flavors. We want to understand <laughs> different things. He like doesn't discriminate, so. <laughs> <laughs> like all of them. Like I, <laughs> he likes all of them, so. Oh, no. Oh, yeah, because, I don't know, I guess they're trying to attract a younger audience because yeah. they were doing terrible with them. But I think they failed to realize younger people weren't going to drink Bud Light. Regardless. It's like a microbrewery on every right. corner yeah. now. Yeah. You know, they're drinking IPAs and sours and whatever else is out right. there. Honestly, I know more people that would rather drink a non-alcoholic athletic IPA than drink a Bud Light. <laughs> you know? Because they're going to be like, why would I drink Bud Light? I'll just drink water. <laughs> you know? <laughs> That's a reality. It's yeah. Reality. The They'll rather, like, give me, yeah. the, give me the athletic brew. At least it tastes good. Right. You know? So, for those that aren't aware, that you know, there's this influencer. Uh, her name is uh, Dylan Mulvaney. You know, uh she made a transition on Instagram, has like 12 million followers. So I guess she's, I don't follow her, but she was documenting her transition, you know, from male to female. And so, but somebody at Bud Light had this great idea to put her face on a can and send it to her as like a promotion because these are influencers. You know how that works. If, if they see you with a product, the whole point is that your all of your 12 million followers are going to buy that product. Like that's the idea. So I think somebody who's now on a leave of absence yeah. <laughs> at, at, at Bud Light thought it'd be a good idea. Like, let's send this to her. And if her fans see her drinking this, then they're going to buy Bud Light. Well, that's not exactly Bud Light's what happened. Bud Light's an ally. We're inclusive. Right. <laughs> right. That instead, didn't work. Instead, you got Kid Rock all we gotta cases. Do, hey, guys, all we got to do is put a, a Bud Light can in, in the transgender person's hand and we're done. Yeah. It, doesn't, it doesn't work that way. It doesn't work that way. So their, their target you know, audience or the people that drink Bud Light were not happy. I'm surprised not at happy. the backlash. Like I figured people wouldn't like it, but to the point where they want to boycott not Bud Light, but Anheuser Busch in, in general. Je- totally, right. I could not believe that. Like celebrities like denouncing it, people saying they're not gonna stock their bars with it. I did not expect that kind of reaction. Right. Wow. Well Chris Rock was I mean not Chris Rock, Kid Rock Oh yeah, he's shooting up cases with a machine gun. Oh, like, he's just trying to be relevant. I think like, he literally yeah, he had the video the same day. Yeah, with a machine like, gun, like AR-15 he's shooting all the cans of beer. Yeah, like people were that upset. This one guy's like, "I'm taking it off." Well, some country right. music singers like taking off my tour writer. Me and all these yeah. other people, none of their products. People won't sell it. There's some song I guess oh, wow. that's that. Some country guy was singing in Nashville where it's, the lyric goes Bud Light, but he changes the chorus light, and everybody's cheering. I'm like, people really, really are mad about this. And, and, that, and that's a theme for even for business owner. They got to be very careful when they do marketing 
right. or how they choose. Me and Huge with that, I, 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 I really love to focus on one flag, white flag. That's it. I've seen some business owner, they got one different flag, um, and now they only target that crowd. Right. You can alienate a different, right. So it's, it's definitely branding and your messaging is so important. And I, I just think that they ignored who was buying their product and tried to say, well, if we do this, we're going to get more people to buy it. But by doing that, they offended. Because, you know, I, I preach this that like, it's like 70 to 80% of people support brands that they think align with their values. Correct. So the, the folks that are upset at Bud Light don't necessarily align with the transgender community. You know a lot I mean? of them, so I think it violates so their Christian values. They're, right. they ha- they're, very, they're, they're very conservative. They're very right-wing. So there was a beer that came out, alt-right or something, something like that, alt-right brew or something. Yeah. It, it failed, but some guy came out with his own beer and said, this is a beer for us, for conservative right. you know, people, as a, as a kind of answer to, to this. You know? um, so, so Bud Light's response, or Anheuser Bush's response yeah. to the whole Bud Light thing was kind of, his people off too because they try to come out with this like American, yeah. all American commercial. American. Yeah, where their core audience was like, ah, we're not buying it. And then the people they're trying to show that, hey, we're inclusive, they were upset because they kind of rolled back like apologizing to people. And it was like, wait, no, like this was your chance to say, no, we're an inclusive company. You know, we don't care. <laughs> right. So it's like they failed on both fronts. Right. <laughs> like, oh, they make yeah. it worse. No, they yeah, made it worse. they made it worse. The other funny thing I saw with branding uh, and products was that little video on TikTok with the guy rebranding Reese's Cups. Oh, that was great. Yeah, I'm a fan of Reese's Cups, but he basically took the packaging and he made it look like it was healthy. You know, like he, he made the, he changed the logo. It was like Reese's Pro Plus. Because Pro Plus just sounds like right, know, sounds fitness right, right. or something. And then it was the same candy, but, you know, now it said it had 10 grams of protein. It always yeah. had. But so now you, you make that big. Like four grams of fiber or something. Four grams of fiber. And then it said, you know, um, uh, gluten-free. they always been gluten-free. It just it All natural. All natural. <laughs> it's the way they're targeting now. Right. So yeah. it was yeah. like it says all natural. Well, anything's natural. Anything that's on the planet. <laughs> <laughs> so, but it made, and the package was white now instead of orange. So that made it look like. It's this is healthy. New. It looks right. healthy. It looks new. It looks healthy. But it's just the power of branding. The product didn't change. But it's just the way it was presented right. changed. And, and it changes now the audience. Because now you go into a gas station and you're looking. You skip the candy and you, and you grab that. But it's still candy. It's still the same. Sugar in there. <laughs> sugar. Yeah, Funny sugar, sugar in there. <laughs> but that was hilarious. Oh, yeah. And most, most of the time, um, I'm huge with that in the company. Mm-hmm. Even the way we dress, the way right. we right. greeting clients, right. even the way the office look. Yeah. By default, people will see value. Yeah. But if it's the opposite, right. and you know you're gonna get insurance, taxes, and you see me in jeans, not wearing the right shoes, by default, yeah. you're like that person gonna do my taxes? Is is that the guy? Uh, you know what? And I, you know presentation yeah. and really presenting the brand or anything. Right. Even on, and you guys self. have your own brands. Like usually, uh, Nate is showing off his abs. He's got the six pack. And you've got like the blazer, and you're more like you're more like the suave, like you know, 
Be blow, suave. Blowing kisses and stuff like that. <laughs> you, you know how that goes. <laughs> you you want to be like sugar, you know? Yeah. That, that helps. Look, the community love it. Man, so before we dive into your story, man, I, I want to hear it from your perspective because I have my perspective, Marlon. But we ran into each other. I think it was at a networking event. Yes. Yes. Like maybe a few years ago. And you came up to me and you were like, I, I've, you know, I know, I was like, who are you? And you were like, you don't know me, but I know you. And, uh-huh. and, and then it turns out that we met many, many years ago. Yep. So I have a vision of, and I can describe it, but I, I kind of want to hear from your perspective. What was, what was that like? What did you remember? And, and I just think it's just uh, a, an amazing story of how, I don't know, 20 years later, yep, I, yep. We, we reconnected. So it, it, feels, it feels amazing because seeing you that day is seeing you what you was doing or the amazing uh, company that you was able to develop. But you know anything much about you. But then I remember back, back in 2003, I think the Mary Packway, the, mm-hmm. mo- the mobile gas station. Mm-hmm. I used to work there attending clients, cashier, making coffee. Yeah, I used to see this guy. Every single day, Monday to Friday, with a nice, beautiful red bike. <laughs> he always mentor me, give me some advice. Or oh, you can do this, you can do that, you can challenge yourself, you're smart. Mm-hmm. You, I was probably 18. Yeah, 18. That was my first, um, I think, my you first P- W2, I think. Mm-hmm. Your first legit job. Legit right. job. Yeah. Yeah. Official. Yeah. <laughs> The beautiful thing about the way you approach me every every single day, you always give me ho- a hope. Mm. Um, I used to talk about the bakery. I used to talk about this is my goal. I was going to school to be a chef. Mm-hmm. And you always was there putting that seat, mm-hmm. reminding me, like, look, you can you can reach the American dream. Right. I remember clear. I don't yeah. know about you, but remember in that day when I saw you in that uh, event, like, Ramon. Yeah. Is that you? Is that why you be eating? You look the same, right? Back twenty years back. What you been doing? And that that thing after that, that blew my that's mind. Amazing. That that blew my mind. So what happened? You was eating broccoli. That's why you lose. You know, after twenty years, you lose the same. <laughs> no, it's hundred percent, three hundred percent. You yeah. whatever you're doing, you keeping yourself really, really healthy. Yeah. Because in my in I'm my mind, I'm actually seventy two. Seventy-two. <laughs> the opposite. Ramon shoulders. Ramon twenty-seven. 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 Tell him I drink blood. <laughs> no, no, don't give away the secrets. We'll tell that later. Yeah. Right. Ramon showed us pictures of him in college, and we're like, "You look older." They <laughs> think I look younger now than I did in college. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. I, it's out of the mustache or what it is. But yeah, so <clears throat> from my perspective, I'll tell you what I saw. I, I just think it's a beautiful story, and I'm glad we that it's just a testament to you never know what you can how you can impact a person's life with just a smile, a word of encouragement, positive uh, nudge, you know. Um, so I I hated that commute. It, it used to take me two hours sometimes to get to Stanford, and so I so that I bought that bike in maybe '99 or 2000 because I was on a team that started Priceline. I didn't. I didn't become a millionaire like a lot of people did, but I got a little bit of something, and I bought a. I bought a motorcycle. I bought a brand new motorcycle. That was like what I wanted. You know, it was. It was a VFR eight hundred, Honda, and um, it was red, of course, red, <laughs> right. So I. I love 
riding it to work as much as possible because I could go in between cars and things like that. You know, like I was a lot more dangerous than I am now. <laughs> I don't have the, I don't own the bike anymore. But <clears throat> that first rest stop in Fairfield was like a great spot for me to like stop, get a coffee, you know, maybe get a protein bar, and then get back on the road just to kind of break up the ride. And I and I and the lines in there sometimes would be very very long, and I would see. Marlon is handling one customer after another, after another, after another. And I make this a practice as a, as a Latino man. Even when I play golf, if I see the workers that are there, like breaking the sand, Guatemalans or whatever, I always talk to them. I always talk to them. And I, and I, when I got my first job at the Connecticut post, I remember this vividly. Um, there was a guy, a Puerto Rican guy who was a janitor and he would come in to mop. And he would mop, and he would mop around my my chair and my my desk, and and I remember talking to him in Spanish, and the look on his face, of just seeing a connection, to say like, okay, we're progressing, in this world, in this country, in this life. It was just it makes me feel good, and I don't know how I would feel if I couldn't communicate. What if I couldn't speak Spanish, or what if I didn't? What if I looked down on him right. because I'm educated? He's not, you know, like that's bullshit. You know, and so I saw Marlon busting his ass behind this counter, and some of the people would treat him very rudely because he was just, "Hey, give me, give me a lottery ticket, give me cigarettes." You know, they're in a bad mood, whatever. They just see, they don't see him as a person; they just saw him as a worker. Right. And I, and I would, and I would observe and observe and observe. And when it was my turn, I wanted to be somebody kind. Somebody that would encourage him, somebody that would motivate him. I, I used to tell him, I said, you could run, you could own this gas station. Yep. That's what I used to tell him. I said, you might work here now, but one day you could own this gas station if you want to. And I, and I pay for myself and I leave. But I, when I got to him, I just wanted to be a positive voice to him. But those, those you know, those, that create a mark in somebody's life. When you go and encourage somebody to do better, right? You provide the positive advice, so it stick to to the heart, to mm -hmm. the brain, and that sometimes is that fire, right? That person need to get into the next level, right? Maybe that person is about to quit the, you know, going to school for the sample. Maybe in my own case, right? Maybe that person they don't see like, oh my god, just working here and I'm making the money. Well, you know, you see what I'm saying? Like mm -hmm. you can you create that uh, fire. And right. Let's say for more in this case. Uh, create that fire for him to take him to the next level, right? right. And um, look at you now, Martin. Exactly. And just to have the belief, <clears throat> you know, the encouragement, the belief, the hope, right, to right. get to get you through. So um, it's just crazy to me that, you know, we're here right now, 20 years later or whatever it is. So Amazing. Um, it just tell us your story, guys, because, I mean, the reputation that Latinos have is that right. we don't have insurance. <laughs> and we drive around with no with no, no insurance, insurance oh no gosh. registration don't do that please it's a, it's, a, it's a terrible stereotype but you guys own insurance agencies and you're reaching a community that for a number of reasons don't bank they're underbanked they're underinsured right. um it could be trust it could be culture you know tell me how you guys started this, because I think it's it's a great thing that you're doing to, to make sure that our community is educated, right. insured, and protected. So yeah, just just to mention um, how we started everything, right? Mm -hmm. um, first and foremost, I, I got to say, um, I came to 
Connecticut, 1999. Mm-hmm. Um, Puerto Rico. Mm-hmm. Uh, we're from Dominican Republic, right? We're born in Dominican Republic. Uh, however, my parents moved to Puerto Rico when I was younger, right? Mm-hmm. And then for, just to tell you this quick story, because Puerto Rico was a little troublemaker. It was like 15 years old. I was always getting in trouble, always fighting in school. My mom decided to send me to, to Connecticut as a punishment to my uncle's house. Like Nate, and I be heaving every time. I get in trouble at school. But I'm going to do, I'm going to send you for, for six months to your uncle's house in Connecticut. When you speak the language, blah, 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 blah. So she sent me, <laughs> she sent me over to Connecticut, right? And uh, at that point, um, but she sent me to, to my uncle's house. I love Bridgeport. That's what I get into Bridgeport. The, you know, the, the people here, I was going to, to Hardy High School in Bridgeport. And um, my mom, then, uh, six months later, she was like, you got to come back to Puerto Rico. I was like, Mom, I'm sorry, I'm not coming back. You gotta come back. Now you have to come. <laughs> you you had to come to Connecticut with my brother Marlon. Not now it's you the one, <laughs> you know. So and obviously, they a year later she came with Marlon. But I'm telling you this because at the beginning when I came here, um, you know, it, it was tough. I didn't speak the language, right? Um, also it was a totally something new to me. But I see something. That I didn't see in Puerto Rico at that time, right? I see this opportunity, and I, how I feel at that moment, it's opportunity. I was going to school, and also I started working with my uncle, doing things how I was on Saturday and Sunday. And I was making little money, also was going to school, right? And I was <clears> like, wow. I uh, Six months later, I was able to buy a car, right? 16 years old, high school, you know, what kind of car was it? It was a, a Toyota Teresa. Those, those, you know, old car, 19, 1981, I think it was. Oh, wow. Okay. You know what I mean? It was old. <laughs> <laughs> However, it was cool, you know, you, you, you went to car. school in a car. Exactly. I, you know, <laughs> so, but um, that create, you know, that first job working with my uncle, coming to here, showed me that uh, whatever you put in your mind, you can make it happen, right? And um, from there, obviously, I started working in the gas station with Martin. Actually, I'm the first one who started working for uh, the mobile gas station in the parkway. Uh, but, I, you know, I got to say, I always I always keep trying to do my best in anything that I do in life, trying to give my, not my hundred, my thousand percent. So uh, an example of the gas station, right, I started working as a cashier. And uh, at, uh, six months later, right, I was able to uh, become an assistant manager for, for the gas station. That gas station was in trouble, and I was able to help the manager to me, that guy's station number one in the, in, wow. in, the, in, the um, in Connecticut. Where do you think you get your business sense from? Great question. My father and my mom. My father used to own multiple muebleria, mm-hmm. uh, furniture okay. stores mm-hmm. in, uh, in the art, Dominican Republic, mm-hmm. and even in Puerto Rico, he used to do that as well. So my mom, same thing. My mom will have different businesses. My mom owned properties in the art, property in Puerto Rico, property in Connecticut. So we... We had that from our parents. Yeah. You asked me, right? So, but yes. So, um, the the whole the whole thing that brought us to what we what we, who we are today, um, it was because our life wasn't that easy. It was because of struggle. But one thing that I I'll mentioned mention to you again is like anything that you do in life, you put your thousand percent, you're gonna get a result. And that's what I did, even with the gas station, right? And then I decided, you know what, let me go to school. I was going to Norwalk Community College. I was going to Satanic. And um, you know what? And then I decided to work in the financial service business, right? I started working, started working for 
uh, city group. I got my life insurance license at a young age. And, you know, I started getting, you know, making some money, good money, uh, selling life insurance over the kitchen table. I used to go to people's house, sit down. They shouldn't, you know, my, Latino, my Latinos because they, they usually don't believe in life insurance. No, they, they, they do a, a GoFundMe when, right. when somebody passes right. away. But you know why? Because they don't, they don't have the education. They don't know how. Correct. And they don't understand the why. Correct. So that was out open eyes to me at that point where I was able to get my license for life insurance. I, I was able to help so many people in my Latino community get their life insurance. Why? Because it wasn't about pushing a soul get the commission for me. It was more, okay, this is the reason why. And this, you don't do this, this is what's going to happen to you. So it was an edu- educational process. So at that moment, um, I got another job working for Citibank and I had my life insurance license. I, will do, I started working with Citibank as a teller. And um, I remember working for Citibank as a teller. Um, in the first month, we got to do some type of training with all the tellers. We tried to get certified, all these different things. And I remember when uh, you know, we had a like a lunch break or something like this, and we had we had like twenty different bankers, tellers talking in the table, and um, and everybody else was asking questions. Okay, what are you gonna do six months from now on the company or a year from now? Oh, you know, just gonna be a teller. And I figured I was next. You know, and everybody like the same the same answer. But I told the person like, with my training, but I told the group I was like, listen, six months from now I'm gonna become a personal banker and a year from now I'm gonna be a branch manager. They're looking at me like, What are you talking about? This it right. doesn't work like, like that, right? <laughs> I'm like, Yeah, trust me in I'm that. I'm gonna do it. <laughs> I'm gonna do it. Six months later, I became the personal banker. I was one of the number one banker in Connecticut. Um City wow. van in Connecticut Avenue used to work. Uh, we did so well, they sent me to another branch because they need help. So I did so well with City. And then at some point, that's when I decided listen, um, I love what I do. I love to help people. Uh, I love to provide education because that's what that's that's why I did so well in the banking business. Because I, it, it wasn't about you, know, you, weren't, you weren't selling, you were you were teaching. Exactly. Education, teaching, the why, how you do things, why why you have to get a credit card. All right. Now, you get a credit card, don't go crazy buying a bunch of stuff. Using to move your credit score to the next level, right? Why to own a house, right? Why you should have a saving account, right? How much money are you going to put in the side? So it was more bringing value to them and let them know the why. Not just you need to get a checking account because you need to get a checking account. No. Right, provide that right. education, the value, the why you need to do things. Because sometimes, what happens with people? People don't take action with their own. They something they confuse or they don't know what they need to do. But when you take the time to educate the person, provide the tool, trust me, they're gonna take action, right? So, but going back to that, um, in in city at that point, because the way that I that I was doing, you know, the way I was impacting people, I love it. I was enjoying the whole process and everything else. But I decided I need to do something bigger than this. And at that point. I remember that um, uh, I came to Marlo, to Marlo, listen, I'm making great money with the bank, you know, I'm doing amazing, you know, uh, um, you know, obviously. Well, what was Marlon doing at that time? Because I know uh, he bakes cakes and things. That he was doing exactly that, right, Marlon? <laughs> he was baking cake. Yeah, well, Nate And you was... didn't bring us a cake, by the way. <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah. I noticed he came empty-handed. Right. I heard about the cakes. Now, um, because taxis or insurance. Uh, <laughs> it was too busy. my time for the cooking now. <laughs> so during that time when Nate was grinding, pushing, working through Citibank, I was used to shelling myself into the 
um, gastronomic culinary school. Mm-hmm. Um, I always, always worked for a company, baking, cooking, executive chef. I was used to have my side business, right. meaning food truck, restaurant, bakery. And my mom was like going knocks all the time. Marlon, when are you going to sleep? Marlon, when you... I was like, Mom, when I die. That's when I'm going to sleep. Oh, no. And I, used, I, was, I was obsessed with the pain <clears throat> of growing. And I'll tell you why. And I'm going to go a little more forward back mm-hmm. than when they mentioned back in 1999. I took over Nate's job back in Puerto Rico when he left Puerto Rico. Oh, okay. And I was baking with Italian guys. I was only 11 or 12. Holy man. Yeah, he was a little kid. And they got me washing dishes, and I'm like, yo, you look like you can bake. You know? <laughs> right, you know what? You know what? The Boom. oven's like right at your eye level. Oh, tell <laughs> me. The heat coming out. I was probably, yeah, it happened. 1998, 99. Yeah. Now, I, I find some passion on those cakes. And then I'm like, oh, I think I can do this for a living. Now, one you imagine the, you're 11 years old. You're just like, yeah. oh, a lot of he's sweet. Like, this one didn't come out so good, so I'm just gonna I'll this take one this one. Side, oh yeah. yeah, I went through that. <laughs> and I was a lot of sugar. Now I will never forget the Italian guys. Mm-hmm. They came to Puerto Rico mm-hmm. in the cruise, and then they took over, and they used to feed over twelve hotels. Anyway, wow. a lot of freaking sugar right. in the place. Like commercial baking. Commercial kitchen. baking. Yes. They saw my passion. They told me how to decorate. They told me how to bake. Anyway, I ended up coming to Connecticut. And that's why I find the passion about baking, cooking. Mm-hmm. And the guy was, you can be anything you want. Right. But you can never stop working. I see you standing here, so move. That's Whoa. Italian, man. You know, Whoa. these guys, <laughs> these guys, they show me discipline. These guys, they didn't, yes. they didn't want to send me standing or eating something. No, 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 come on. You got, you're getting paid $3 per hour, right? So hurry up. So, so that I don't do that here, Kev. Right? No. Uh, guys, yeah. Oh, I'm telling you, the guy was Sardinia, Ital- Italian, amazing, yeah. great, great discipline, old school, tough, yeah, tough. Yeah, and yeah, I grab a lot of that and use it for my own self even now, yeah. just to make it sure. Marlon the baker, Marlon the baker, initiated that out of our basement. <laughs> Wow. Yeah, baking uh, cakes and trying to sell it in the street and trying to become creative because people were like, yo, you, you bake so good, man. Where you getting this? I was probably 17 mm-hmm. or 16 when I came to Connecticut because in Puerto Rico, I was baking, baking for them. Now I came to Connecticut baking mm-hmm. for everyone. Then that how I ended up going to uh, Lincoln, Lincoln, Lincoln Tech over here right. in Shelton. Yeah, our neighbor. Yeah. Um, and then from there, I put so much back. And people was like, how can you bake, you cook? You do all, how long you been doing this? I'm like, man, start really, really early. <laughs> so I can tell you, right? <laughs> just to make it sure, Nate, yeah. just now, at least they have an idea how we start. Right. Then from there, the story about, about Morang Agency. And Nate is the one who really initiated everything. We all stay. Okay. When he took over, and he's like, you know what? I want to challenge myself. I want to do this. I want to, I was, I was the guy that was be like, Yes. Who gave you the shot? Like somebody had to say, you know, I believe in you. Here, here's here's the so the, the whole situation, right? Once again, so I was working for the bank. So obviously, uh, at that point, I was making good money. I already had some investment in the real estate and everything else, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, but um, that's what uh, basically what happened at that moment. I wanted to do something bigger than just be a banker or branch manager, right? So what I decided to do, um, I decided, okay, let me do some research and maybe I can open my own company right maybe in the insurance business right i didn't know where how 
Um, and I went to, I spoke to some people nationwide, uh, State Farm. Actually, I had a friend of mine who used to work State Farm. So, um, you know, went to, to talk to them. I almost, I almost decided to go to State Farm at that point, but then I was like, no, let me do some more homework, right? And then um, finally, um, spoke to someone from Allstate and everything looked so good and everything else, right? However, it was scary, right? It was scary because from being a W-2, now I was going to be at 1099, right? Now, everything was going to change. Now, I'm, you know, I open a business. If I don't work, I don't make money, I'm in trouble, right? So, it's not a salary this day every, every week, right? So, at that point, I was like, oh my gosh, so I really want to do something big. I really want to take this thing to the next level. I don't want to stay here just in the, in the bank, being a banker. So I came to Marlon and asked Marlon, listen, I'm making money. I'm doing this in the bank. You know, however, I had this idea that I want to open my own insurance company. Um, I've been doing this homework and I had this company all day. Everything was pretty good there. So, but I don't know. I don't, I don't, I don't know. I was scared. Yeah. Really, I, I was like, I don't know. Cause now leaving the bank, going the to a safety new. safety net of a bank. Right. Steady paycheck. Right now, going to 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 an area that I, you know, basically I don't really know much about it, and you know, um, and the challenge of not getting paid every week, right? Just everything based on yourself and your own effort, pretty much. So Marlon was like, "Okay, okay, Nate. So what's the problem?" I was like, "What you mean? Well, if it doesn't work out, you can go back to the band because you've been killing in the band for so many years. They're gonna take you back in a second. So what's the problem?" <laughs> and I was like, you know what? I made some Marlon. So, <laughs> you know, so at, at that point, I was like, you know what? Let's do it. And, um, you know, thankfully I was able but to. But you guys are just not, just typically brothers like fight with each other and pick right. on each other. But you guys are like business partners from, from a very young age. Like yes. you gave each other good business. Even in the bakery. Back, yes. back um, we, we had a um, shop that this guy was like, Marlon, I want to you, you know, be partner with me. I'm like, Nate. We got an opportunity. I was 19. Yeah. I was 19 that time. Yes. Brooklyn Bro- Avenue is, you know, where is that new restaurant? What's the name? Um, Ola. No. Ola. No, Ola. Ola. Yeah. yeah. It, we used to have a, the bakery, the first bakery, right? Marlon the Baker Bakery. It was there. It was Ola. We had another gentleman that um, he had the restaurant side. We used to have the bakery side. Okay. So that was our uh, first Ola, deal together. That the first deal. And uh, like near Brooklyn area. Yeah. That building. Yeah, that building. Yeah, that, yeah, that, that building. Corner. Yeah, nice. That was way back. Wow. <laughs> wow. So that was our first deal together, Marlon, right? That's our first partnership, right? Yep. Back then, we had the bakery, right? We used to bake from there. And then we used to sell those cakes and everything else to like bodegas, even supermarkets. Very cool. Yeah. So, so, so yeah, Marlon and I would be like, Together, day in, day out, like figuring so out it things. it started out as an all-state agency. Right. And then when do you, now I know you guys have it's Liberty Taxes there mm-hmm. as well. How do you navigate having those brands, but then you created your own brand, brand agency on top of it? Like how does that all work right. together? Right. So, so basically, you know, working for the company, for, for all-state, um, and working for the bank, right? I learned a lot of different skills, right? Um, and Learning the skill and everything, you know, something that I learned through the process is brand is important. Most is a beautiful brand. They do an amazing work of taking care of people, right? But and you're in good hands with right, right, right. 
<laughs> we're a free advertisement right now. <laughs> so, but anyway, uh, but we we decided, and, and also again tomorrow, we decided. Okay, so we want to have our own brand that people know is Moran, right? So because we do, we was doing amazing work. The, the team that I was in all state doing the work with us, it was amazing, right? So we were doing great work. However, people just say, okay, Austin, but it's not Austin. Estate is just the company that provides insurance, right? For so the people who make it happen, the Moran team, right? So at that point, we decided, okay, we're going to collaborate. We, we're going to work with some marketing company because we need help to bring the, a brand. A brand people can remember a year from now, two years from now, five years from now, forever. A brand that we can create a legacy there are kids, our family, be able to take home. And that's what we decided, okay, this is not anymore about Nate or Marlo. It's about something bigger than us. So that's give you the first step to decide, okay, we need to create our own brand, right? So I don't know if Marlo want to add anything. And then most of that. the time, I'm, I'm huge with that because I'm, I'm, a, I'm a huge believer of legacy. So exactly what you say right there. I, I wanted... Um, as a human being, I want to make sure people remember me seven years, 700 years from now. Yeah. Why? <laughs> a long time. And that's, <laughs> that's Yeah. And that's the mindset right here. That's why we'll have every- have to make some statues of you. Mm -hmm. There we go. There we go. <laughs> <laughs> but you want to leave an impact. Right. Impact. Impact, making sure um, even your legacy is when you touch people's life. When you make sure they was able to- reach the American dream. Mm -hmm. They listened to your advice. They was able to really, I was able to touch people. And that's the way I see legacy. Now on top of that, building a brand, having that brand that you know is like Ford. It's a, right. it's a last name, right. like Moran. Um, um, for example, it's all, these, all these big company, most of the time, their last name of a family. So that's the way we see Moran Agency. That's that's that was the mindset. When how we, do you go? How did you guys go about expanding? Right. What's the, the thought process in opening up? Okay. First, right. So the first step was basically building the brand, and uh, after we had the brand, the next step was spending. Right. All right. But before that, we can spend. We gotta make sure two things are right. First, we need to make sure the team are the best thing in place. Right. Because we gotta make sure the team, when they sit down with somebody, they're really providing the best value and the education that they need to provide to that person to protect and help. And especially insurance and financial services, it's a very important profession in people's life. I wanna say this really quickly, right? So I believe, and, and pardon me, right, about this, but I believe the primary, you know, one well, of the primary professions that I got a lot of respect is. is in the medical field, right? Nurse, doctor, they, they keep us healthy, right? God forbid something happened, right? They keep you healthy, make sure that we got. However, I feel, and, and once again, pardon me about this, I feel like insurance and financial service, it could be the second important profession in people's life. And, and I'll tell you why in a second, right? And the reason why, because when something breaks, I don't know any other profession can go around and fix it, right? When I, an apartment burned down on fire in a house, we go around, Write that check to the house to be fixed. Even when somebody dies, we cannot replace that person's income, right? I mean, I'm sorry, we cannot replace that person, but we can replace the income, right? So um, even, you know, even like, even when the, the, the big situation happened here in Connecticut and 
Sandy Hook. Uh, yeah. One of the teachers, she had life insurance with the company. And um, we was able to provide, you know, to the hospital that that, that received from the life insurance, right? It was something tragic, very bad, right? It but at least we were able to provide a little help. You see what I'm saying? And that's what I'm saying is I feel like a profession is very important in people's life, right? Now, that was one of the first things that I was going through the process. Okay, we got to spend, right? We got to make sure they are seeing at some point. We got to make sure we continue bringing this to all the towns because I know there's a lot, a lot of great insurance agent, financial service guy, but I know we need more, especially Latinos. Latinos, I don't think that there are that many. Even I was so passionate about it that um, I don't know if you're familiar with uh, the representative Chris Rosario. Yes. Uh, is Sikio Santiago. He passed away as well. So that helps us to, um, to put a bill together in Hartford to allow um, the, um, the insurance test that you got to take, right, uh, to, to get your insurance license. So it allows for you to take in Spanish, right? Because I have to wait with like English in my second language, right? Obviously, you can tell from my Dominican accent. Uh, but, um, <laughs> but English is my second language. And I noticed that a lot of my other people sometimes that are trying to bring to the company English the second language, they had a challenge taking the exam in English because they, 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 um, the type of exam is, 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 is hard. It's a, it's a tough exam you got to take. So then to Chris Rosario and Ezekiel, they was able to help us to have and allow in Connecticut to take that the insurance the insurance uh, test in Spanish. However, right, so we were so we were so passionate about how we can help our community, especially I don't want to say just a Latino, but you know, the Latino need help because I feel like um they've been neglected, especially when we come to financial services, life insurance. And they've been neglected because some some of the Latinos they don't want to hear about oh, I don't know, but life insurance that means I'm gonna die. And the reason why they They don't want to have that conversation. But but the reason why because <laughs> It because it become a taboo to them because okay, mama, the parents they didn't have it. The grandpa they, they don't they didn't know about these things, right? So that's something new to them, so they don't know. Now, when you really take the time to explain in detail, right? The why, trust me, hundred percent of the time they're gonna say yes. Please help me out. I didn't know you can do something like this because you love your family, right? I love my family. The responsibility. Be it, responsible to Of them. course. And even call it life insurance, call it love insurance, right? Because when love you do insurance. love insurance. Yes, yeah, because That's when awesome. you what you do when you're protecting your family because you love them. Right? right? Something happened to you tomorrow, you want to make sure they're okay. Right? So and once again, that's 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 what gave me that energy to say, well, now we have the brand, now we have everything in place, now we can spend to all the places. We need to bring the message to What all the makes people. a good place? ideal to expand is it a high population of latinos and then you you set up shop there or is there other things that factor in so, so it's a combination of multiple things right what we do right uh, one of the pieces there latino right we, we look city like new haven water where you have a, a population of latino however also we're looking for um for big city right because that way we can have a press and we can have some type of walking traffic coming to the office as well Right. Exactly. So, what are some of the services you guys provide? Um, we do from insurance, from home, auto, commercial insurance, to uh, financial services, life, retirement as well, um, and also accounting services, taxes, um, 
in bookkeeping services as well. Yeah. Anything else that I'm missing, Mario? Um, most of the time, I go and ask my clients, do you have insurance on your cell phone? And they be like, yes, and you don't have it on your family. Oh. Are, are you sure you got the right thing already? Why are you doing that? I gotta use that one. <laughs> <laughs> Since Nate talking about insurance, so that's that's one of the things that I was like to uh, question my community, making sure yeah. they understand life insurance. Now, remember, I like to go over and beyond for my community. I don't want to say about service. Those are the service that Nate mentioned. But sometimes I like to challenge myself and go over and beyond for my community. Now, a lot of times I have someone that they don't have no clue, but they want to open a restaurant. And what I do, I guide them. I show them. I even show up to inspection to help them out. Now, I can see that person being loyal to the company because they become successful, making money with the restaurant, open, uh, or buying another house, Now that's my that's how I find passion in the in the company because Nay from Austin when we jump on Liberty Tax it's like Marlon we should do this and like Nay I'm a chef I got passion <laughs> for a restaurant I have my food truck I got my restaurant I got all these Marlon I know you can become a great insurance agent and a tax preparer you know what like sell I, sell the restaurant Marlon sell it <laughs> I ended up selling everything and looking out Morang Agency. All over Connecticut. Well, so, you do most of the the promos that I see. It's usually you recording. Yeah, um, that's you, what's your tagline? Because it's something about being blessed or something. Yeah, like another that. day, another blessed. <laughs> <laughs> this is your boy Marlon. We over here. So, guys, you ready for your taxes? So that, that's that's the way I see it. So, Nate. So that way we can wrap up with this the story. Yeah. Nate brought me in. I like Nate. You sure taxes? Now, I deal with over 4,000 people and the firefighter of the company. They call me the Google of the company. <laughs> and it feels, it feels amazing. The Google of the company. The Google. Like, something goes wrong, go Marlin. <laughs> go Marlin. But how, yeah, we need a legal permit, go Marlin. <laughs> so it feels great all this year. Develop, yeah. I'm obsessed about skills due to this. Always been. But... Earning all the skills, getting myself, challenging myself, going. I, I'm obsessed with pain. Called pain of, not physical pain, all right, guys? It's more growing, yeah. growing, it's reading growing books. Growing pain. It's a different it's show. A, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Now I can grab all that knowledge and pass it on to my community. I hate to say no to them because I know they need you. I can I be able to, you know, pass it on and be able to make them successful. And I tell you a quick story. This guy, when I was doing taxes, About uh, three years ago, no hope, no vision. I was helping out. He, he making like almost sixty-eight thousand a year. I'm like, well, you don't want to. What you renting? And he was like, um, my mother own a house. Nobody own a house in my family. Nobody. Like, yes, yes, you can do it. And it took me almost almost a month to just to make it sure. This guy now on three property, and he took my advice. He don't he don't have no kids. He still live in the basement. He owns his property. So that's what I do for my people. That's why I make sure they make enough money. They become successful. Uh, it's really, if you want to show up to the office and cook, we can cook, cook together. We can bake. I can give you a recipe. I'll figure it out. I make sure you get some value out of me. That's the way I see it. No, I got to say, Milo like a teddy bear. Man. Everyone's love Marlon because his personality and the way he is. Marlon is about love. I got to say, you go to his main street office, And, and these people are size, like, 
I don't know, so much in love with Martin. But I, I know why, because the way he is. His like, energy, his energy his is energy, But also, like, if somebody, if there's somebody struggling with something, right? I see it with my own eye. Milo goes, here we go. What do you need help? Let me, let's, oh, let's you hungry? Let's let give you some food. Oh, something, okay, let, let's make it happen. So, like, he doing it on the heart. And that's, not because you're here, Marley, right? not because you're my brother, but um, that's something that I, I got so much respect to Marlon because he's, he's all about love. And one thing that I sometimes get mad at him is because he always says yes to everything. I'm different. I, I don't give a crack. I can tell you no. Like, okay, no, bro. I'm sorry. <laughs> it it yeah. doesn't work like that. I'm like, yeah. I'm a little. You're more realistic. Right. Like, yeah. oh, no, it ain't going to happen like this. Well, you want it. Well, you got to. You, know, you want to increase. No, you're not doing that. <laughs> so, you, you, want, you want more money? What? So Marlon, the older hands. <laughs> so Marlon, the older hands. He more like, okay, everything's okay. Let's figure it out. Let's make it happen. Right. Yes. You know, sometimes you can put yourself in a situation like, oh yeah. my God, you're saying yes, yes, and yes, then you're hurting yourself. Right? And sometimes I have to tell him, oh, he said with a yes. Yeah. <laughs> well, that's, that's what I, I saw him at, you know, at the gas station, the same, it was the same guy, you know, the energy, the positivity, the smile. Right. Early in the morning, dealing with customers. So I knew there was something knew, knew there was something special about him. So what's the best way for people to uh you know what's an ideal client for you guys? Uh what's what's in the future for for Moran agencies and and how can people find you or contact you? Okay. So the ideal client for us uh I tell you right now is pretty much everyone. Why? Because while we do Everybody needs our service, our help, right? And my job and the team job is to create this walk of protection around every single client come to us. What that means, right? That means is my, you know, it's basically creating that walk of insurance, financial services, making sure we're protecting your future if something happens to you tomorrow, right? And Marlon, maybe you can let them know how they can find us. Now, um, go to morangagency.com. Real simple, morangagency.com. Or you can just follow us on Instagram, Facebook, TikTok, Snapchat. Um, Everywhere. <laughs> now, real simple, morangagencies.com. Then you can see everything there. Or you can call 203-371-0222. Or you can send an email to, to us, morang at morangagency.com. Or you can just click the link in the bottom right now. And press morangagency.com. <laughs> you know that you know how that goes, guys. Yeah. Yes, now with the new technology, you say morangagency.com to Alexa, she will take you there too. Awesome. Yeah. <laughs> well, guys, it's been amazing having you on the show. You, you, you're just a, a great success story of the American dream and changing lives. So kudos to you being your authentic self and helping people. Thank you. It's my pleasure. Thank you for having us here. Really appreciate you, man. And we got so much respect and love to you because, as Milo mentioned, we know you basically for so many years, right? And that little, you know, that little city you put to Marlon, you gave us Marlon today. The mentor. Thank you for that. Thank right. you. Ramon Peralta, one of the bigger mentors in the area. Be time, be time. Thank I love you. it. Thank you. Hey, everybody. Thank you for joining us on this episode of Mission Control. Until next time, this is Ramon Peralta with Peralta Design launch brand.